Logano goes back up, Keselowski with him. McDowell in tow, Dillon on the bottom. The run's on top. Oh! Teammates! Around they go in a hard crash. Kyle Busch. Caution is out. I think McDowell's the winner of this race, well, guys. He was first across the line. NASCAR will review and have to determine the finish at the moment of caution. And Michael McDowell from Glendale, Arizona for Bob Jenkins Front Row Motorsports has won the Daytona 500. How about that? Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And Michael McDowell is your Daytona 500 champion. Who could have possibly thought that was the case? We'll talk about Daytona and recap that in just a second. But as far as the episode is concerned, very exciting episode. We've got an interview with Jordan Maccabee of FantasyRacingOnline.com. He's going to sit down with us at the top of the episode here to break down his thoughts on Daily Fantasy and the Daytona Road Course coming up, among a bunch of other things as well. Then we'll get right into our picks, Moneyline picks to win, top tens and props, and we'll end it with the head-to-head matchups, just like always. So that'll be after our talk with Jordan. So quick look back before we get to that interview. The 500, it was an interesting race. That's all I can really take away from it. So tale of... uh, I guess the first 15 laps and then the rest of it, right? 16 car wreck, 15 laps in. That's just ridiculous. I was watching the race literally on edge, on the edge of my couch, saying, I don't like this. I do not like this one bit. And sure enough, shit hit the fan. I was actually watching it on like a three-minute delay, and I got a text from one of my buddies who I knew was watching the race, and... I looked at the, I saw who it was, and as soon as I saw the text, I didn't read it. I just knew something big was coming, and sure enough, I mean, it was just pure carnage. Knocked out a lot of the guys we talked about last week on this podcast, and it was just a a killer. Blaney got knocked out. Amarola got knocked out. Two of our big guys there that we thought could win the race, and a couple of our top 10 picks. It was a really brutal crash for the, the episode and our picks, but the savior. They bring it back after a long rain delay, and our savior was Michael McDowell. We had him cashing in on the top 10 pick. I threw a tiny bit amount of money on him to, to win the race. Not an astronomical. He was like plus 5,000. We, we cashed in on that. But awesome for him. And the other thing was he was going head-to-head. I threw this pick out there on Instagram as a lock. Head-to-head with McMurray, which didn't make any sense, and that pick got crushed. We love it. So, yeah, Michael McDowell saved the day for us last week as far as money is concerned. Still came out on top um, among a couple other smaller bets. So, interesting. Interesting 500 because after that big wreck, it was pretty boring. I mean, everyone was minding their P's and Q's trying to just make it to the end because they saw what happened early on when everyone was getting squirrely. So, you, you have to... You know, you can't hate on that. It just didn't make for great racing, but I'm a big fan of night racing, and I love just sitting back. You know, I had the day off on Monday, cracking a bunch of beers, really getting after it. So I enjoyed the race nonetheless. So interesting 500, I'll say it one more time. 
the the only takeaway I guess I have is there's not going to be any more Michael McDowell discounts from the sports books. They're going to be on top of them next time. We were on top of it. Uh, the announcers were kind of pissing me off, like Michael McDowell out of nowhere. Like, no, we we knew he was good at Daytona, just didn't seem like the sports books did. And now that cat is out of the bag. So when we go back to Daytona in the summer, it's going to be a little bit more pricey for to take them. But whatever, we'll take the the victory this weekend in any case. So. Daytona is now in the rear view, and we've got to look ahead. We've got the first of seven road courses on the schedule starting this weekend. They're staying in Daytona, but it's the road course. They just finished up the clash at the road course. We had one race last year here, and typically this is where we get into the track stats, right? Well, there's not too many of them. It's just one race and then that one exhibition race with half the field. So one race... And, I mean, we typically get into how many people start on the pole, you know, how many people start in the top five to win the race. Well, Chase won the race last year starting seventh. That's really all you need to know. And in the clash, Kyle Busch started 16th. So not too many trends you can pull from past races because there's only been one of them. Um, We're going to have to talk strategy and really dive into the situation that there's two big favorites and then there's a huge drop-off as far as the odds are concerned, and and we'll talk about who those guys are in just a bit. But like I said, we've got an interview this week with Jordan McAbee of FantasyRacingOnline.com. So we've heard from a lot of different people because gambling on with the sports books are not legal everywhere. So until those states legalize sports betting, daily fantasy is really what is allowing people to kind of scratch that itch. Well, Jordan is definitely one of the best in the business when it comes to his content and picking daily fantasy rosters, among other things. So we were lucky enough to pick his brain this week about Daytona's road course, the daily fantasy rosters there, sports betting, and everything in between. All right, so we are now going to welcome on Jordan McAbee from FantasyRacingOnline.com, first guest of the 2021 season. Jordan, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, before we get into all the fun stuff, I just have to ask you quick thoughts or takeaways on Daytona. Kind of an interesting race. I think, yeah, it was – well. Interesting in the fact that it sucked for 90% of it. And yeah. then, and then the end happened. Like I fell asleep, I think twice, <laughs> you know, but uh, it was awesome to see McDowell win. But I think the point that a lot of people aren't talking about yet is the fact that he's, he's essentially going to take a playoff spot away from a legitimate team, not to, not to discredit front row, but they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. So that's going to become the story. I think as we get closer to the playoffs. Totally agree. And and you got to think like all these guys tweeting out, congratulations, there are going to be people fighting for, for points down the line <laughs> that are going to be wishing that didn't happen. So I, yeah, you're right. Is, Not is Austin Dillon, <laughs> is Austin Dillon going to go back and delete his tweet when he misses the playoffs because, because yeah. McDowell gets in. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of rough. Uh, I think everyone was a little bit scared. So after the, the big wreck early, yeah, kind of tough. that's not two years in a row. Well, 
I thought you were talking about the final wreck. I was a little scared watching that final wreck. Oh yeah, Again, the fireball. Yeah. You know, I was like, seriously, two years in a row that we're going to deal with this. I but know. then Keselowski, Keselowski said he didn't even feel anything. Like he didn't even realize how hard he hit till he saw the car. But yeah, Jeez. that first wreck kind of screwed uh, screwed up all my fantasy picks and the race. So <laughs> I, I kept seeing all the guys, you know, that I called out in the podcast and like. He's hit. He's hit. I was holding out hope for Blaney, but uh, you know that was a. That if was a if that grass wasn't where it, exactly. he would have, he would have got through there. Tough, tough, tough. But I like your point, though. I, you're right that not a lot of people are talking about McDowell in the playoffs uh, stealing the spot. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, kind of prereq to. You know, we are going to talk about the Daytona road course this week and specifically daily fantasy picks, because I know that's, you know, bread and butter for you, but you run the site fantasyracingonline.com. You got that going from scratch. And I was just kind of wondering the story behind that. Like, how does one kind of decide they're going to jump in and start up a, a NASCAR website like that? Yeah, so. It was back in, I think, 2010. I, I basically needed somewhere to uh, organize my thoughts for fantasy. So I just started posting online, you know, not, not expecting people to read it. But, you know, when you, when you put something online, you hope people read it. Uh, so I started, like, you know, organizing my thoughts to make my own fantasy picks at that time. Uh, online and then all of a sudden it started people started reading it and and then after that first year in 2010 it was only like for the last eight or so races uh ryan rance with ifantasyrace.com emailed me and he's like hey you want to team up and and come help me on my site with content and i'm like sure (laughs) (laughs) so so did that for a year and then um I was involved with a, a smaller league kind of Um, it was like a group of probably 80 people, you know, and just uh, some guy in in Georgia, I think ran it. Well, it was one of my favorite games to play real small league, really competitive. He said he didn't have time to run it. So he's going to shut it down. Uh, And that was in 2011. So I immediately emailed him. I'm like, Hey, I'm at the time I was in college. I was tired of getting drunk every night. I'm like, Hey, send me your email list of everyone that plays this. I want to see if I can take it over and, and see what I can do with this. So he did that. And I started, uh, I basically built a new game for these players and then started, um, you know, posting content to my site and I fantasy race. I was, I was writing on I fantasy race till last, this is my first year uh, not contributing there. But uh, yeah, I was there for nine years. Yeah. Um, But so I started, I started my game, my first game, it was called the showcase. Um, I unfortunately had to shut that down and then added the salary cap challenge. And then in 20, when was it? 2018 when, so I was doing, I was doing decent traffic, you know, kind of building my name up during that time. 2018 was when the Yahoo league and the Fox league shut down mm-hmm. and they shut down their games, which were the two biggest outside of NASCAR.com. 
the two biggest fantasy free fantasy games on there. I loved the Fox game. So I seeing that opportunity created the slingshot game um, to try to fill that void. And the, the interesting thing with that was I wasn't really expecting um, too many people to play it. You know, I was hoping to get a few hundred people. Well, the first year, I think over 5,000 people joined. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, it blew up and I was not prepared to say, to say the least you got some guy, you know, that has a computer in his, in his bedroom running a site of 5,000 people trying to play a game that or a fancy NASCAR game. And to say that there were a lot of things that went wrong would be an understatement, but at the same time, I learned a lot and it's, it, that whole experience has helped me along the way of getting my site to where it is, which I, unless people are lying to me, they, they really enjoy it both, both from the games I offer and the content. Yeah. I mean, the, the learning experience, like you said, those are always like the good stories for, you know, telling way down the line, you know, when you're completely super successful. And and I can tell you, I, love your site i'm not lying to you the the two different options to play are great and the the content you put out i mean i'm, I'm about to ask you about you know kind of prepping for the picks that you're going to make in the week but i think a lot of people go to your site for themselves to prep you know what i mean your, your mm-hmm. content's great and the game i mean I, I signed up for the the salary cap one um i did not play the slingshot one this year but i i love the idea the the sling the uh salary cap game so yeah i mean you're doing good stuff and and more power to you thank you appreciate that i i i set out uh, at the beginning my goal was to kind of be a site that people just came to to compete and learn and it's constantly been evolving to where hopefully i'm providing the because a lot of people, you know, with fancy NASCAR, they, they tell their picks and that's it. Mm-hmm. I like to try to provide not only my picks, because, you know, I can be wrong, um, but also the data I use to make those picks and why I use it and all of that. So I think the more, the more accessible that data is, the better it is overall for not only fancy NASCAR, but betting in general as that continues to ramp up here in the States. Yeah. You're, you're hitting all the, the bases, you know, anybody who's just remotely interested in the gambling umbrella of NASCAR, your site is definitely speaking to a lot of people. So it's great. Thrilled that uh, you're, you're crushing it the way you are. As far as, you know, prepping for, you know, your content, but then also your own, lineups and and picks that you're going to make two-part question here what's it look like normally in in a regular week and then the the second part of it is the road course this week I mean it's a road course and it's a newer track you got a bunch of those this year how is it different or maybe it's not I don't know I'm just kind of wondering what your mentality was for that specifically right so essentially to answer the first part of that question or the first question of that, the, a typical week for me 
is as soon as basically like as soon as the Daytona 500 was over on Sunday and I got all the scoring done with, with my site, I was already looking into and, and, and bringing in the data for the road course. That's how quickly I kind of shipped most of the, like a lot of weeks, unless it's a memorable finish, I don't remember it. Like I, that's how quickly I move on to the next race. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, that's the grind of the season. You know, it's, however many races it ends up being like 40 i think with all the exhibition races you know you're just constantly going on to the next one and everything so my week is kind of uh i try to get all the data and everything um kind of ready to through the first few days of the week um and then uh present the data to um my audience. And then from there, while I'm doing that, I'm kind of positioning my picks in my head, but I'm also a notorious uh, procrastinator. So like for DraftKings, I typically won't do my lineups until Sunday morning. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm spending all the time I can constantly thinking about it yeah. before actually doing it. Um, as far as a road course this weekend though, I actually, you, you picked a great time for me to, to come on and talk about it. Cause road courses have been my absolute best type of track oh, in fantasy. We love it. Yes. So, and, and the reason is, is because it's, it's so it's relatively predictable. Now this, this week, especially is might be a little bit more, uh, might have some more surprises simply because um, we have quite a few, two factors we have a lot of um young drivers so we got like tyler reddick christopher bell cole custer who are rookies last year so they only have two cup races on road courses uh that we that we can pull a data from and then we have you know the rookies like uh chase briscoe anthony alfredo who haven't ran a cup race here uh kyle larson who didn't run the cup races on road courses last year so we have a lot of interesting and kind of unknown variables, I guess, uh, for these, for this first road course, especially. I think this is gonna this is gonna set the tone for what to expect down the road. But as a general rule of thumb, for these road courses, it's it's Chase Elliott a little further back as Martin Truex Jr., and then there's a huge gap to everybody else. Those two are so are so much better than everybody else at this type of track. It's not even funny and the only way that they're not going to finish top three top five is if they have issues yeah that's the it's the you know act of god type of deal that's gonna get in their way not themselves normally um right and i think chase elliott's won like four of the last five road courses and the only one he didn't win was when he blew an engine at sonoma (laughs) yeah he's he's which which then Truex picked up the slack and led like half that race and won it. <laughs> it's crazy how he kind of just like took that role over as the, the road course guy. I mean, it, it's like right before our eyes, all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's the beast, but um, your, your thoughts definitely are reflected in the, the gambling odds, which I'm going to talk about um, later on the episode where, you know, Chase is head and shoulders, the favorite, then Truex. And then there's a huge plateau. Uh, as far as the odds, all the way back, you know, to Hamlin and and Blaney, but 
I was looking at DraftKings. So now transitioning into the daily fantasy conversation, one of the first questions was that I had for you was going to be about how to handle these guys. And looking at DraftKings values before we got on here, I found it really weird that two things. One, Truex was actually the most expensive guy. And two, mm. there wasn't a big plateau in the price for these guys compared to the rest of the field. So is that interesting to you? Like, how do you approach these two guys in your lineup, you know, conversation this week? So it, it's, it's overall awful timing that this race happened, that this race is happening at right after Daytona one and uh, the second race of the season, just because of how, um, how NASCAR determines the starting lineup. So they use uh, your fastest lap from the last race, your finish from the last race, and then owner's points. And they decided to use this year's owner's points, I believe, for this race. So that's why we have, you know, Michael McDowell starting second, Chase Elliott starting first. Um, and and that in and of itself is, is causing this kind of weird pricing in DraftKings because – if, if this was later on in the season, we wouldn't see, you know, Corey LaJoy starting seventh. It just wouldn't happen because he, yeah. in owner's points, he'd be back in, in 30th or wherever, and he wouldn't be starting that high. But any race after, after a super speedway like that, where you have a lot of guys wrecking out, you're going to have people starting in the back. And that really makes a difference in DraftKings as far as having to construct your lineup. Because I haven't fully... As of right now, it's you know it's Thursday evening right now. Uh, I haven't fully got my projections and everything done, but just looking at these types of uh, salaries, it might as crazy as it might seem, it might be advantageous to not use Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr. in your lineup, which I can't believe I'm I can't believe I'm actually saying, but because place differential is so important in this game. And because we got guys, you know, like Alex Bowman priced at $9,000 this week, starting 36, if he finishes top 10, that's going to be a great, great value. Even if Chase Elliott leads, you know, 50 laps, he could still, Alex Bowman could still outscore Chase Elliott just based on place differential and finish. Because uh, one more thing with this race is it being so short, I think it's 70 laps. So now all of a sudden that, kind of amplifies the importance of place differential and finish because we're not having as many points for laps led and as many points for fastest laps. That's phenomenal insight into the game itself. And, you know, some specific guys there that like you, you coming on the show is definitely filling a weakness that I have. I mean, I've touched on daily fantasy, um, you know, throughout, the the years um talk about certain guys are like in lineups but that level of detail is is exactly you know something that's helpful to me thinking about place differential short race i mean that that's great stuff um mm -hmm. as far as so so i promised myself i wasn't going to try to you know ask you about certain guys in particular but i, I can't help myself <laughs> right now um because we're going to seven road courses this year i'm just interested in you know there's no such thing really now as a road course ringer but aj allmendinger right, he, right. he's in this week feels like he's going to pop in at least a few more times this year i don't know what his you know situation is but 
do you avoid somebody like that who's just kind of coming in cold or do you take his what you'll call it like expertise on the road course uh seriously like how do you approach him in the daily fantasy game so Almendinger, DraftKings did a great, great, great job with pricing this week overall. He's the fourth highest priced driver. And I think on going back to uh, the betting a little bit, I think he was up there with like Hamlin and Blaney as same odds to win this race. Yeah. Which I think is totally overvaluing him. Yes, he's a great road course ringer. He or a great road course racer. He hasn't raced in a cup series race in like three or four years. Exactly. Not to mention, he's in. He's not in a great car by any means. Yes, the Collin cars are. They can have. They they're great on in Xfinity, especially on super speedways. This is literally going to be the third Cup Series start for that organization, and the other two starts were at Talladega and Daytona last week. So, the first two weeks of 2021 are the first two or two of the first three races of that team. So. In my head, I just have major concerns with his equipment, not to mention he drives the shit out of his cars. Like <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably going to break something, honestly. Yeah. So for there's, I'm really uh, interested to see what uh, ownership percentages end up being in DraftKings. Cause he should be really, really high owned just because of who he is. And he's starting 34th going back to the place differential importance. I am my strategy um, is going to be to be to to not really have much of him and hope that he pulls an AJ Allmendinger and either disappoints with his finish or wrecks his car. I'm kind of happy that you're saying that because I was in the same camp and I I was just you know that's why I wanted to throw his name out there just to see if I could get some uh, verification on that. So um, thank you for that. Now as far as value picks or, or guys maybe just to stay away from um you mentioned uh i think you said bowman earlier as a, a guy who's going to potentially make up some ground um anybody else that stands out to you either on the good side of the coin or the bad side of the coin for this weekend yeah so pretty much if you're talking DFS and, and DraftKings specifically, if you're going to pick anyone starting in the top uh, probably 10, they're going to need to lead a significant number of laps just because of how the scoring is going to work out with all the place differential. So for the most part, I'm not really looking at many people starting in the top 10. Chase Elliott's an obvious choice. He should lead a significant portion of this race. I could see him leading the entire thing depending on how strategy and cautions play out. But if the, if the cautions are timed right, he could easily just run away with this thing and win it by half a lap. Um, as far as maybe some underdog picks, uh, one guy that a lot of people haven't really taken or they don't associate him with road courses is William Byron. Um, but he has some very impressive numbers on these on this type of track including so i went and uh pulled some numbers before this and if you look at if you take the number of laps that a driver has ran and then you take the number of laps that they've ran inside the top 15 
divided by the total number of laps that they've ran on road courses for the last two years, so the last five races. And that the reason I did it like that is to like eliminate, you know, Chase Elliott blowing an engine, not taking into account those laps that he didn't because he wasn't actually running. So we got, like I said, uh, Elliott and Truex. Elliott's at 92%, Truex is at 86 And then there's a significant gap down to Eric Jones is actually third on this list at 75%. Same with Blaney. And then you got Kurt Busch. William Byron's right there at 72.8. He is also, as far as driver rating and and green flag speed, which are two uh, metrics I love to look at, especially green flag speed, he overall has been about the third fastest car on road courses lately. Which is, yes, I couldn't really believe it either, but you can't argue with the data, you know? Oh. Now, he, uh, he's not quite he, – he has this issue kind of of he's super fast in the beginning of the race and then kind of fades toward the second half. He's typically good still, though, for a top 10. This year, though, you know, this is his third year in Cup now. I could definitely see him breaking onto the scene as you know another really good road course racer not to mention his teammate chase elliott is the absolute best yeah, at this track yeah. <laughs> or at this at this track type uh another um another kind of underdog that i like is actually christopher bell <laughs> and i touched on this and i put up an article earlier this week just my preview uh and the reason why is he had decent results uh, on the road courses last year, but um, that was when he was with the Levine family racing. And now he's in that 20 car that Eric Jones um, ran with on uh, the last, I think three years. So Eric Jones suddenly turned into a legitimate top five contender. Every single time we ran out of road course, once he got in that car. I would argue Christopher Bell has more talent than Eric Jones. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are going to overlook Christopher Bell this week, just looking at the fact that he finished 21st and 24th um, in the two road course races last year. But this weekend he's starting 12th. And um, I'm sure you watched the Bush clash at this track last week. Yep. Those, those Gibbs Toyotas have something figured out speed-wise. You know, not only did, did Kyle Busch was, did he win? He was also had the best green flag speed. I think Hamlin was second and, or no, Truex was second. And then Hamlin was third. Wow. Yeah. And then they brought that speed to Daytona and they were super fast there. The actual oval. So now we didn't, we didn't get to see Christopher Bell in the clash. He wasn't in it. I think he could definitely surprise a bunch of people on Sunday. It's an interesting take because you're really putting a lot of stock in the, the 20 team and then Gibbs as a whole. It's less really mm-hmm. kind of less about Christopher Bell. I mean, I haven't looked up his Xfinity, you know, road course numbers or anything, but you're right that he's a talented driver, but it seems like you're leaning towards Bell this week simply because of, the 20 car, the, the team that Jones 
is leaving and then Gibbs currently what you're seeing right now for that whole camp, which is a, a interesting way of going about it. I can tell you that. So circling back on the, the uh, Byron pick and then bell, I'm going to be talking about those guys in head to head matchups. Um, and I really, you know, appreciate the, the bell comments because that was going a little bit different than the, the one I had, but, for uh, Byron, your pick for Byron there, uh, he's going up in a head-to-head matchup on DraftKings Sportsbook against A.J. Allmendinger. So just by this conversation, Ooh. I can kind of predict where you would go <laughs> in that head-to-head matchup uh, on the Sportsbook. Who's, who's favorite in that? Uh, let me see. I have it here. Uh, Byron's the underdog, which is even better. I mean, he's going off at plus 100. Uh, Almondinger, oh. the favorite, minus one twenty nine. So it seems like you, you were all. We'll call that Ooh. one the Jordan pick this week. <laughs> oh, so I I live in Ohio and uh, sports gambling isn't legal here yet. So I have to drive to. Luckily, I live ten minutes from Indiana, okay. and I can drive to Indiana. But I'm as soon as I get off of this, I'm running over there and, <laughs> and putting that in. I'm, I'm not kidding. I didn't I didn't see that. I. I, I did, you know, have a couple of bets in mind that I like, um, but I didn't see that one. And, oh, I love that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll call that the Jordan Lock this week. It was just funny how you kind of naturally <laughs> talked about, you know, Byron and, and we kind of trashed Almondinger. So, um, yeah, and then Bell picks a good one. I mean, I like going with the team mentality there. Um, anybody you're thinking is a must, must avoid for any reason? Must avoid. Uh, Austin Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He is, uh, that's a, that's kind of a gimme because one, especially for DraftKings, he starts third. So there would be, you couldn't pay me to put him in a lineup, yeah. but he also is just awful at road courses. And it's probably because these type of tracks take talent and he doesn't have that. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> But he he has never – 15 starts on road courses, zero top 15s. Zero. He hasn't even lucked into one top 15 finish in his entire Cup Series career on road courses. It's a telling stat. It is. It's – that's not bad luck. That's, you know, six years of, of not being good. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good – good thing for the the daily fantasy players to avoid, especially like you said, starting third. Uh, I mean, that, that stat's huge, but going back to the sports book conversation, I'm not going to talk about this one later, but um, he's going up against Bubba Wallace. And I I looked at that one and I just said to myself, they both suck like on, on the road courses. I I don't know. For me, it was a stay away, but um, they're both going off even money. So would you take Wallace just because of how bad you feel Dylan is, or is he right there next to him? That's, that's interesting because Bubba, I think, I think a big part of Bubba's problems at road courses came because he was in Richard Petty Motorsports equipment. Interesting. So he's now essentially in a fifth Gibbs car, which you know what I think about the Gibbs cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still I, – I don't think I could pull the trigger on, on Bubba even, even as much as I dislike Austin. I, that's – I could easily see it being, you know, 
Austin Dillon finishes 18th, Bubba Wallace is 19th, like, you know, right there because they're both just not, there's no clear advantage for either of them because even Bubba's stats, uh, I'll pull them up here. He's never finished better than 24th or he finished 21st at Charlotte Roval last year. That's his best finish so far on road courses. Yeah. It seemed like a, a stay away from, you know, that's why I wasn't really going to talk about it on the podcast, but I know that Sunday morning is going to come around and I'll probably throw one of them into a huge like parlay or something and, you know, be cheering for one of them. But uh, your yeah. thoughts on Austin has me leaning towards Bubba just because of how, uh, how strong they were. Yeah. Um, well, that's, a lot of good stuff there. Any other thoughts? I mean, I didn't really have any more questions for uh, Daytona this week. Any other thoughts for the, the Daily Fantasy player or sportsbook users? Uh, I I do like going back to Christopher Bell. He's he's plus 200 for a top 10. I think that's a solid bet. Uh, I'll be betting that one. Um, and I just pulled up – I quickly pulled up my algorithm uh, predicted finish for this race. It's got Byron at seventh and Almendinger at 18th. So, oh, wow. To, to say that uh, I'm going to hammer that Byron <laughs> Almendinger head to head is um, is an understatement. Uh, and one more bet I have not great value. So, typically, when I give my bets, you'll rarely find anything less than even money just because I don't really like betting. That's the way anything I less than live. that as well i mean when we talk yeah tens and we're always looking for the guys right below the the break-even line right and and so but but one that i i really like and and i'm going to definitely bet this weekend is logano to finish top 10 at minus 137 okay uh my algorithm has him ranked fourth and that's just too much of a difference to not to not take that and, and minus one thirty seven yeah. isn't too rich. That's that's right. within my yeah, I think uh, realm. Chase Chase is minus six seventy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for reference, yeah, that's brutal. Okay, and then I keep saying it's the last question I have for you, but uh, a prop bet. You made me think of it earlier, and I, I never got around to asking it. But when you were saying Chase could probably just lead this whole damn race, prop bet winner stage one and two also wins the race. Um, it's plus 440 this week. You think that's worth throwing a, a small amount of money down just because of the, the chase factor being up front starting there? Or do you still think it's really tough to do? Because we haven't seen it too often. Um, so what's kind of crazy is uh, that that prop is typically what, like plus 650? In, yeah, in normal higher. races, it's lower now, yeah. and 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 also the the people who say yes, who are just complete maniacs, usually it's like minus fourteen hundred. This week, yes, is minus seven hundred, so it's cut in half. Uh, yeah, because of the obvious chance that it could happen. Right, I, I if I had to bet it, I'd bet that it's not going to happen. But at those odds, I'm not just because the way that strategy and pit strategy overall play into these road course races. Um, I think chase only has like two stage wins at road courses because that team sets themselves up to be there at the end. They don't care about winning 
stage one, they want to win the race. Um, but to on that note, I went ahead and looked up uh, the last few road courses for Chase. He did it in at Watkins Glen in 2019. I didn't realize that, but he swept the stages and the and the race after starting on the pole. Yeah, he won the pole led that 80, week too. <laughs> yeah, he led awesome. 80 of the 90 laps. Yeah, so I remember yeah. that week well. I, I had a really good DraftKings week. <laughs> that was actually the the week after that we started the podcast. God, I was just like really so into uh, yeah because I just had him picked out that whole week, crushed it. I was like, you know what? I just got to get these thoughts out. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that, that's it's a good good memory there. Um, it, but your your point is valid. I mean they're going they're setting themselves up. The, the, the big guns like that, they care about the checkered flag. They don't care about the, the stage win. So um, one thing to consider though, um, now that I'm, you got me thinking about this a little bit more now, especially the, the Watkins Glen. Uh, so a fuel run here is 25 laps approximately. These stages are 16, 18, and then 36. Now, the last time we were at Daytona Road Course, it was when they raced in the rain, mm-hmm. and everyone expected complete carnage. You know, we're going to wreck half the field on lap one. There, I don't think there was really – there was no major big wreck by any means in that race. If this goes green through the first two stages, there's – without a doubt in my mind, Chase is winning those. Yeah, he's not – there's no reason for them to be off cycle or anything like that like you would see at the other – tracks right it it, yeah because you can go you can go these first two stages and then the final stage is 36 laps see that's where the that's where the strategy could come into play if they if they pit during stage two yeah to try to only pit once in the middle of stage three yeah it makes it fun (laughs) I, i don't i don't yeah exactly yeah i could see it happening but I don't think I'm going to bet that one. I'm gonna, I'm just going to hammer Byron over all the there you go. and call Save it a day. <laughs> cool. Well, that's all I have for this week. Any any parting thoughts here? I think I can't really think of anything. Covered it all. Uh, uh, thank, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully, hopefully we can do this again. I had a good time. Absolutely. I hope we didn't scare you off. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so great to be able to talk, you know, first of all, get another voice on here. People are probably sick of my voice, but um, just to, to give that other, you know, daily fantasy edge and, and really the, the statistics and, and data overall, it's great to hear. So thank you. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. If it isn't my concho in the sale, shake and bake, buddy. Shake it. Before you Well, thank you once again to Jordan for coming on the podcast. A lot of great information there and a great conversation. So hopefully we can talk to him throughout this season because it's valuable stuff that he's throwing out there. So much appreciated. So now this is a supersized episode, obviously, with the interview. So we're going to get right to picks to win the race. And kind of heard us talking a little bit about these guys. This week, my strategy is chalk. And I have a reason for that. It's because looking at these road courses for this year, this is the race that's kind of 
going to be the barometer and, and the trendsetter, the tone setter, whatever you want to call it for the rest of the season. So I'm going to play this a little bit, you know, more closer to the chest. I'm not going to take any huge risks or any huge grass because I want to make the sure picks and then see what unfolds. So we're going to start with the obvious Chase Elliott. He started at plus 250 when the odds dropped Monday night. Now he's down to plus 200. I, I, it may go lower than that. I mean, it, it might drop below 200, which would be absolutely crazy to think about. But if it did, you could argue that it does kind of make sense. I mean, look at the stats. Why is he the guy? Head and shoulders better than everybody else, or, or as far as the sports books are concerned, the head and shoulders favorite. Well, his stats prove it. So we went to this racetrack one time. He was the winner. He's the defending champion at the Daytona Road Course. His Now, looking at the stats for all of these picks, the data that I'm going to be going off of, I'm going to reference you know the race that happened here and maybe a little bit about the clash, but... A lot of what I'm going off of is some aggregated data over the last eight road courses on the NASCAR circuit. So in that time span, eight races, Chase has five wins. We heard Jordan mention he's got four of the last five road course races, one. All right. In that eight race time span, five wins, six top fives, seven top tens, 231 laps led. I mean, it's just wild, wild numbers here coming from Chase. All right, he's second in average finish in those eight aggregated road course races. 6.5 is his average finish. And his driver rating, we heard Jordan say that he loves a driver rating stat. It's my favorite. And he's first in driver rating out of those road course numbers here. So I'm staying cautious. You know, I said going into the clash, my picks on Instagram that I put out there, I said, I'm going to keep taking chase on road courses until he gives us a reason not to. And he hasn't done that yet. So I'm going to roll with them, see what happens. He's starting first. So, I mean, there's a chance he's going to just keep rolling up there. Like we talked about uh, with Jordan and he, he could just take off like a rocket ship and not look back at these guys. So chase it's a bit of a conundrum because you don't like giving up that much um, as far as the odds are concerned, but I'll just throw maybe a little bit more down on them and, and see what happens. So Chase at plus 200, lock it in. That's definitely a, a pick that I'm going to go with. Following that up with Martin Truex Jr. I mean, he's the, the other favorite. Plus 450, though, for Truex. Good number. I mean, you know, plus 200 is pretty expensive, but for Truex at plus 450... This is a little bit more my wheelhouse. So I'd be throwing maybe the same amount of money down on Truex and kind of cheering for him more. Um, I mean, he, he's the second favorite for a reason because before Chase came crashing onto the scene as the road course guy, it was really Truex. And it, it still kind of is. Like, looking at these numbers, at the road course last year, he finished third. And in that race, in that one race at the Daytona road course, his drive rating was second. So, I mean, Tells you he had a little bit better race than he finished uh, just by one spot. But still, in the clash, we saw what he was doing until he got some bad luck with that grass. So his car was up there. He was proving that he's kind of back. And back from the, the offseason, he's there. He's ripping. He's running. Road course Truex is there. And we'll see if he's here to stay. So 
I like him at that number even because he is very good on road courses. Last eight races on road courses, two wins, five top fives, seven top tens. His average finish is first in that time span. 4.6, 142 laps led. He's starting 19th. But if that scares you off, please don't let it because in the clash, he came from the back. It felt like three times and got back up to the front before he was finally you know wrecked out because of that grass but still that should show you that that is a race car it's a team that knows what they're doing they've put together a good machine so truex plus 450 lock me in there then finally drop down a little bit i'm going to look over ryan blaney this week and go right to denny hamlin plus 1100 right now on the DraftKings sports books it's a big drop from plus 450 to, to denny hamlin at plus 1100 so that's maybe all the more reason to take this guy because, you know, it's not that far-fetched to see someone like Hamlin snag a win. You, you might need some bad luck from the other two guys we mentioned, but it's a big opportunity for you as the gambler because it's a big payday and it's not really that far outside of your imagination to, to think that that could happen. He's good all around. He's one of the hottest drivers in NASCAR over the last, you know, 12, 6 months and his numbers are pretty solid on road courses. So for these odds, it really makes sense for you to throw something down on them. In 2020, at the Daytona road course, he finished second here. And in the last eight road courses, he doesn't have a win, but maybe that's just due. Three top fives, four top tens, sixth in average finish out of everybody on the circuit, average finish of 9.8. He's sixth in driver rating as well in that time span. And in the clash that we just saw a couple weeks ago, or geez, it feels like a long time ago. It was really just a week ago. He won stage one and he was cruising. I mean, you know, Jordan hit it on the head. The Gibbs cars have something going on and he was cruising in that first stage. So he's got a vehicle that can get up there and get the job done. He can lead laps. So it's so true. It's so, I was about to say Truex. It's so Denny Hamlin to go out and win this race because when everybody else is talking about the other guys, hey, he's the most dominant driver recently. So why wouldn't he go and snag a road course win? So big payday. If you want something, don't go too far out of control with long shots. But Denny Hamlin, plus 1,100, that's a long shot that I'm comfortable with. So lock it in. Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin are my, you can call them chalk picks. I'm not afraid to say that for this week, the Daytona road course. All right, all right, all right. All right, next we'll move to the top 10 and prop bet section, and we'll jump right into our picks to finish in the top 10. And just a reminder, these are the guys that we're picking with good value, all right? Like Jordan had mentioned, Chase going off at minus 670 or whatever he's going to finish in the top 10. That's not what we're into, all right? We're trying to find guys who are better value to us as gamblers. So I'm going to start with a veteran name, Kurt Busch is the guy that I'm going to start off with this episode, plus 100 for Kurt in the one car. Last year at the Daytona Road Course, he finished 14th. All right, so four spots back. But here's an interesting stat. In that race, when you look at driver rating, his driver rating in the race was 10th. So that's telling you that he didn't get the finish that he really deserved. And because of that, maybe he has this place figured out a little bit more than his finish would lead on. So looking at his last eight races on road courses, two top fives and five top tens in eight races. So 
more than 50%. He's in that top 10. That's what we're looking for. His average finish compared to everyone else in that time span is eighth. Average finish is 10.1. It's right what we're looking for. He's the perfect pick to make this an interesting one to follow on Sunday. And in driver rating compared to everybody, he's seventh. So really solid value here. I mean, he's a guy, it's not a lock by any means, but he's someone who's going to give you a shot at this plus 100 number. He's starting 17th. All these guys that we're talking about, the three of them in this top 10 section today, they're going to have some work to do early on. And because it is a shorter race, you know, it might make it a little tougher. That might be why we're getting the odds that we are. But 17th, you know, it's not too much ground to make up. And a, a guy like that, maybe he'll do something a little bit wacky to, to get off cycle and, and who knows, um, try to take a shot. So Kurt Busch in the one car, plus 100, lock it in there. Now we're going to move to somebody who's, I guess, way more of a, an underdog story if this were to work out for him. Eric Jones, he's plus 225. Now, we talked a little bit about him with Jordan. Jordan kind of gave him a, a small ricochet shot when we were talking about Christopher Bell uh, being a little bit more talented in the 20. And Jordan was kind of saying that the 20 car was really good on road courses, might not have been Eric Jones. He also was mentioning when we we're talking about Bubba Wallace that Richard Petty Motorsports vehicles have been trash on road course. So, you take all that into consideration and you still look at these odds and you say, all right, well, Eric Jones, I mean, he's he's got to have some sort of talent on road courses. And at plus 225 to finish in the top 10, it's intriguing to me. So new car, but last year in this race, he finished 11th and his drive rating in that race was 7th. So he's right in that threshold, that top 10 is what we're looking for. Look at the stats from the last race. And in his last eight races on road courses, three top fives, five top 10s. So his average finish is 10th out of everyone on the circuit in that time span, 13.5. So is it worth a shot? I'd say so. I'm really interested to see, you know, was it the vehicle and, and the Joe Gibbs shop or was it Eric Jones's talent? This is going to be a telling race for, for him and RPM um, overall. So plus 225, I'm willing to take a shot on him and, and see. He's going to have to make up some ground as well, starting from mid-pack, um, further back than most. So interesting, but it's a rebound race. I mean, he's got to come back from that early wreck, um, just like uh, this next guy we're going to mention. So Eric Jones, lock me in. Now, the last one we're going to talk about, Alex Bowman. Uh, I think, you know, we're all a little let down by what happened last week with Bowman getting taken out in that first wreck, 15 laps in. He's going off this week to finish in the top 10 at plus 100. We talked about how he's a good daily fantasy pick because of the opportunity to make up spots starting so far in the back. That's got to be why they're giving Bowman this value at plus 100 because when you look at his road course stats, I'd say this value is a little bit disrespectful from the sports books because, I mean, he's he's a this is a value pick taking his starting position out of it, he finished 12th here last year, and his last eight road course starts, two top fives, four top tens. His average finish compared to everyone is fifth out of everyone on the circuit, 9.6. That's what we're looking for, looking at the Roval specifically. I mean, I've heard some people on the radio talk about if you're going to compare Daytona road course to any of the other tracks that we go to, it would be the Roval that's most comparable and he's got two top fives and three top tens at that track so 
I like Bowman overall on road courses this year. I'm going to have my eye on him for sure, and we're going to see if he's able to drive to the front coming from this uh, weird starting position with no qualifying and everything. So lock it in for the 48 car of Alex Bowman, plus 100 to finish in the top 10. Now, one prop we sort of talked about it at length there at the end of the interview with Jordan was the stage winner one and two also wins the race. So sweeping the race essentially is what we're looking for. And I wrote this down to talk about just because of the fact that the odds are changed. Most races, it's usually, you know, the same each week that the yes, uh, sorry, the, the no that it will happen is like always like minus 1400 this week. No is minus 770. So if you got a lot of money to potentially lose, uh, you could throw that up on there and make a small amount on the minus 770 bet. But I think, especially after talking with Jordan about it, I, I think that I'm interested in throwing a small amount of money on plus 440 for it to happen and just kind of kicking back and relaxing. If it doesn't hit, so be it. But um, it's very rare to see it happen. But again, this is the barometer for the year for road courses, in my opinion. So we're going to see who's good and, and what can happen. So I'll throw a small amount of money on that just to see what, what comes back. Some See what comes out in the wash, as they say. Now, an interesting one. I know in this section, we really focus on good odds for the gambler. But here's one that intrigues me. And it's the odd or even prop bet. The odd is going off at minus 150. Now, a little steep, a little bit steep. But if you were to bet the odd, you're getting Chase, you're getting Truex, you're getting Denny Hamlin. So to me, to have those three guys packaged up into to one deal there, that's really intriguing. This is one that I would encourage you, if you've got any like free bets from your sports book, um, throw it on this. You know, if they give you like a free $50 bet for whatever reason, um, you have those laying around any odds boosts that they've given you to throw in any single bet. This is one, if you could boost this back up to, you know, minus 115 or something all over. I'm, I'm really considering it for minus 150 just straight up. So you're getting all the, the heavy hitters um, really there. So good stuff for the odd bet in that prop. And then the other interesting one I'm not even going to make a pick on. I'm just calling it out over under. They've got a bunch of over under options on the, sports book that I follow that I'm looking at right now is DraftKings because they've got the best odds out there the earliest and DraftKings is going to allow you to choose what your over under number is you can go down the list starting at like 9.5 and obviously the odds change depending on what number you choose the one that seems to be right in the center the equator we'll call it is 12.5 and the under is the favorite minus 125 there because you're getting Blaney and Chase, and Hamlin, all in that package deal in the under on 12.5. So that's one where it might be just a no bet and kind of monitor, you know, how that plays out. I'll probably hold off on betting that for a few road courses until I get a better sense of, of what's what. But um, still an interesting one to follow nonetheless. So I figured I'd throw it out there for this episode. So we're going to cap it off this week by taking a look at the head-to-head matchups. We're going to take a look at three brand new matchups. And once again, 
This matchup section is sponsored by OddsLibrary.com. If you haven't given these guys a look yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. What this website is, it's a place that aggregates all the different sports books that are out there right now, and they're going to give you the best odds available and what sports book you should bet on depending on what bet you're trying to make. So if you're trying to bet Sixers money line, maybe one sports book's giving you minus 115, another one's giving you minus 30, oddslibrary.com is going to tell you which one to do. If you were in school, you're going to take a test without going to the library? No, no, you're not. You're not going to go in blind. Real life, you want to go to Odds Library. Study up for these games, these tests. Make sure you're making the most money you possibly can. It's only right. It's only right. So do yourself a favor. Give them a follow on Instagram as well. They're putting out a lot of good content there at Odds Library. Give them a look. So last week, a little bit of a rough week, one in three. We did four matchups last week, and Logano killed us at the end. It was We were cruising. First wreck obviously hurt us in a number of different ways. Logano looked like he was going to snag us a win there in his head-to-head matchup, but obviously he had his issues at the very end. So that left us with one and three overall, but I'm counting it as two and three because I was all over that McDowell lock on Instagram. It's telling everyone about it. So that'll be the the two and three number we're starting the year with. And looking at the matchup section on the sports book this week, we got a bunch of new options, which is awesome. It's refreshing. I don't know if it's because of the road course or maybe it's just new season, new looks, but I'm loving every bit of it. So we're going to look at some different guys that we're not used to looking at this week, starting with Tyler Reddick taking on Ross Chastain. Yes, what a matchup there. So Reddick is going off as the favorite here, minus 129 to Ross Chastain's plus 100. Now, this is a cool matchup because there's not a lot of experience on both sides of this coin. So we'll start by taking a look at Ross Chastain. His last cup start on a road course was in 2019 on the Roval when he was driving the number 15 car. And he's got some really bad stats in five starts overall. His best finish is 22nd, and it was at that 2019 Roval race. So other than that, though, I mean, in those five starts, his average finish is 27th, and his driver rating, ugh, look away or or mute the mic for a second here. It's 37.1. That is just bad. But you could argue, I mean, I think the, the main argument is that he's in a shitbox. He's in a bad car. I mean, he hasn't had good equipment. Now he's in that 42 car, right? He's in better equipment, so he should be able to run better at these tracks. The other side of that argument is that in Xfinity, where he's in better equipment for that brand of racing, and he's supposed to be one of the more premier guys last year in 2020 at the Daytona Road Course, he wrecked and finished 36th, so almost dead last in that field. So not a good look for Ross Chastain. This is a really big race for him because of what's on the schedule. He is going to have a lot of eyes on him from gamblers to try to see, like, is this guy worth it? So that'll be just something we have to see, but He's going up against Tyler Reddick, and he's only got two cup starts on road courses. They were both last year, so he finished 
12th at the Roval and 18th at this racetrack, the Daytona Road Course. So his driver rating in that time span, 69.8. Also not great, right? 69.8, nothing you should really hang your hat on, but it's not a lot of experience. At the Clash, an exhibition race just a week ago, he's finished fourth. So there's something you can kind of lean on there. Not a lot of data, though. And even looking back at his you know, lower series stats, there's nothing really that jumps out at the page at you. So it's interesting. It's a fun matchup to try to nail down. These two have never been head-to-head on a road course at the same time, so you can't even look to see if that's something you can try to gain any sort of knowledge on or use to your advantage here. So I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. I think uh, minus 129, not bad. This is another situation now where we're taking somebody who's starting further back. I think he's starting like 24th. Chastain starting up around the top 10. So we're going to need a little bit of luck there coming from the back. But uh, I'm going to go with, seems funny to say about Tyler Reddick, but more experience. I mean, he's been on road courses more recently in a cup car. So that's what I'm kind of going with and thinking that he'll finish right around that mid-pack area or mid-teens, whereas Chastain kind of has to prove himself. You know, can he get a top 15 finish? If so, maybe we'll look at him next time around. But this time we're going with Reddick. Now, this next one I kind of gave away, tipped my hand to it when we were talking with Jordan earlier, and he loves it so much that he's running across state lines to Indiana to place this bet. It's William Byron plus 100 going up against A.J. Allmendinger, 129. Allmendinger, sorry, mispronounced his name there. So we talked a little bit about it, but I'll I'll re-break it down for us. I mean, Almondinger, he's the road course guy. We're going to see him popping up. He's one of the favorites to win the race. But when you look further at it, right, you hear his name, you think road course. But he hasn't had a cup start since 2018. He's had some Xfinity wins. Three cup starts in the span of... Eight races that we've been tracking, you know, all these stats against these aggregated road course races. We've been looking at the last eight. Well, during that time span, he only has three races for us to track in Cup. And he's got one top 10. His average finish is 20th. His driver rating 75. It's not something that you would expect to see, right? In those types of scenarios, when you've got a quote-unquote road course guy coming in to race, you would think that his numbers were astronomical. But Instead, they're kind of just average and, and almost not appealing at all. He's jumping into the 16 car, which has not proved a thing, and he's starting 34th. So why is he the favorite in this matchup? It's very interesting. I don't think that he is worth it, and clearly Jordan agrees because when we look at William Byron, now he's somebody who's a sneaky guy. Last eight races on road courses, he's got four top tens. His average finish is 15.8. Driver rating is eighth out of everyone, 90.8. It's pretty surprising. His last three cup starts. The Roval, he finished sixth. This track, Daytona Road Course, he finished eighth. And the Roval, again, he finished sixth. Those are his last three times out. And just to throw in a kicker here, in the Clash, last week he finished fifth. So, Look for him to be around the top five. He's minus 115, sorry, top 10, minus 115 to finish in the top 10. That might be a a bet you throw on as well. So the pick here, Jordan loves it. It's the lock. I was going to go with Byron to begin with, and and Jordan's uh, confidence really put it over the edge. 
He's definitely worth the value here, plus 100 over AJ. So mark it down, William Byron. Shout it from the rooftops. Now we're going to go to one that's the last matchup we're going to talk about. And Jordan was talking a little bit about Christopher Bell and the reasons why he liked him to maybe finish in the the top 10 or or top 15, whatever you can get him at. So Christopher Bell is going off at minus 115 against Matt DiBenedetto, also going off at minus 115. They were even numbers here. So Bell is really the deciding factor. I mean, these are the notes that I had down before I talk with Jordan. He's the guy. I mean, he doesn't have much experience here. So how is he going to react to the road course? So let's look at Christopher Bell first. Two cup races, both in the 95, and he wasn't even in the clash. So he finished 24th at the Roval and 21st at Daytona Road Course. Average finish for you math whizzes out there, 22.5. His driver rating, though, in that time span, 78.3. That is actually better than his finishes would tell you. So that's a, a stat that tells you he's driving up front or maybe, you know, 10-ish, 15th-ish, and then didn't get the finishes that they were looking for. So going into the 20 car, clearly that's going to be an upgrade from the 95. How big of a boost is he going to get from that 20 car? That's the question, and that's what you have to ask yourself when you're making your pick on this matchup if it's something that you're going to throw money down on. Because if you look at Debetto, eight races – And he's got some decent stats. His average finish is 15.1, driver rating 70.2. Now, that's worse than Bell by eight points. So that's something to consider. But in the clash, he finished 10th just a week ago. He got some well-needed experience on this racetrack. And last year, against Christopher Bell, he went 2-0 on the road courses, head-to-head. So in 2019, Sonoma and Watkins Glen... Matty D finished fourth and sixth. That's not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. I mean, obviously, we didn't get to go to those courses last year. So looking at that, it makes you think, like, maybe Tibetadetto has something for road courses. Um, will it come to, to play this week? I'm going to go with Matty D. So I think a little bit differ from Jordan in this pick here. I'm going to say that Tibetadetto is going to be right outside the top 10, probably hovering around that area for most of the race, and that's probably where he'll finish um, if, if all things go normal. And it's really about Christopher Bell. Can he jump up and, and snag a top 10 and, and kind of surprise some people, or is he going to fall to the back of the pack, kind of like where he ended up last year in the 95? So interesting numbers. And for the record, when we're talking about Matty D's last eight races, some of those were in that 95 that um, Christopher Bell was in last year. So thoughts to take with you as you go and, and place your bet. I'm taking Matty D in this one, minus 115. So to look at the matchups here, Tyler Reddick, minus 129, William Byron, plus 100, the underdog there, and Matty D, minus 115, lock them in, put them in the parlay, have yourself a Sunday. So that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Jordan Maccabee, for coming on, giving us some great insight and information. Hopefully we'll see him again soon. Go out, place those bets, make that money, because next week we're going to Miami. Remember to drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. 
Go. Hell no place to go. 